0: Welcome to Comedians Talking Sports, the podcast where comedians talk sports. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. Uh, Thanks for listening. Going solo today. That's right. It's just Joey. Just Joey riding riding the captain's seat, doing it all by myself. Uh, Main reason for that is because right now we are in a limbo between Game 6 and Game 7. Yesterday, the Cleveland Cavaliers won Game 6 over the Golden State Warriors in Cleveland. To force a game seven, which will be coming up in just a few days. This is Friday. I'm recording Friday June. The hell is it? June? Fuck. June seventeenth. This is where my professionalism goes to shit, people. I'll be honest with you. I have no idea what the date is. Seventeenth. Friday, June seventeenth. There we go. Got it. Um, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Comedy Sports Pod. Give myself a follow on Twitter as well at Joe Kilgallen. Like us on Facebook. That's Comedians Talking Sports with Joe Kilgallen. I also got some other pages. I think it's important that you do that. Because then you get involved in the conversation. Like today, I threw it out into the Facebook and Twitter world. Hey, doing the podcast today, going solo. You know, throw me some suggestions. Suggestions. I'll talk about whatever your little heart desires. Whether it's the NBA Finals, whether it's LeBron James and his ever-growing legacy. Still some haters out there, apparently. I'm saying apparently loosely, and I'll get to that shortly. Steph Curry, chucking mouth guards. NHL expanding to Vegas. And all sorts of fun baseball right now because it's summertime. Uh, yeah, look, I'll be honest. If, the, if this is uh, if soccer is your favorite sport, this isn't the podcast for you. I know there's something going on with with the kicking the ball around. I just I don't know. I'm not that into it. I've got cousins who are really into it. My little brother's starting to get really into it. Maybe I gotta maybe I gotta jump on board. Maybe I don't know. I get into the World Cup a little bit. And I know this is kind of like some sort of World Cup. It's European Cup. Is that what it is? It's like FIFA Euro. There's a bunch of Belgians kicking it to a bunch of Netherlands and, and all sorts of stuff. Well, they're not kicking it. Well, they would be. It'd be bad, it'd be bad soccer if they were kicking it to them or football, whatever they call it. Um, yeah, also on the podcast, if you're new to it, listening for the first time, this isn't normally how it goes. Normally how it goes is that I'll have a, an awesome comedian, friend, sometimes not a friend. I've had a few people on the podcast who I was really just getting to know. Jake Weissman a few episodes back, great example. Uh, Jason Lawhead's a guy that I've I've seen at shows and had a drink or two with and talked some shop with but didn't know that well. Got to know him a little bit more when he was on the podcast. These are both great comedians. Um, So you should definitely go back. Go back and check those out. And I know sports are one of those things where it's like, okay, I don't want to listen to you talk about what happened in April. We talk about all sorts of stuff. We talk about those debates that have been going on for decades, just just everything you can talk about with sports. It doesn't have to be time-sensitive. He doesn't have to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to go back in March. He's going to talk about March Madness. No, I will be talking about that. But I'll also be talking about some other stuff. We'll be talking about who's an idiot on Twitter. Steph Curry's wife is the latest person with that. Uh, I'll just address that right up front. Steph Curry, his is it his wife or his fiance? I think it's his wife, right? Um, she went off on Twitter saying this game is fixed, the NBA wants a Game 7, all this kind of stuff. Look... Uh, Was she making sense? Do I agree with her? Well, she was making a point, I suppose. But do I agree with her? No. No, I don't. But this isn't surprising. Remember Giselle? Tom Brady's wife, supermodel Giselle? Super, supermodel? She, after they lost to New York a few years back, went off too. She was basically saying, like, my my husband can't do fucking everything. She actually said that's It's a direct quote. I was thinking about censoring myself to be a professional. But, hey, this is a podcast. I could say whatever the fuck I want. And it's great. So, I sound like Donald Trump right there by saying something's great after you said it. And, and it's, it's good. People like me and I uh, like people. Yeah, so I'm not, this isn't new. This happens all the time. There's always, you know, she's sticking up for her guy. And look, a couple of those files were a little ticky-tack. I'm not going to say the whole series, I'm not going to say it's rigged. It's not. That's not, why, that's not why they lost. The reason this happens in the NBA more than any other sport is because it really is the easiest sport to fix. You call a couple weak fouls early on some superstar. It forces the team to put him on the bench, you know, two quick fouls early. And then that, that changes the, the flow, the tempo, and the start of the game. Now the Cavs killed them. What, what Golden State's were, like 11 points in the first quarter? is embarrassing. The Cavs were on fire from the get-go, playing great defense, breakaways. Uh, LeBron just dominating, which he's done the last two games, which is something that I think frustrates uh, to start off with the LeBron debate. And and a lot of people I've seen their posts lead off with, oh, this quieted the haters. I are, do people still really hate LeBron like that? I know people don't like his personality, but I don't I don't think anyone's denying his greatness anymore. Is that a thing? Sometimes I think that we remember stuff from years ago and then we bring it up like it's still current. I don't see that as much. Maybe I'm not following idiots on Twitter and Facebook like some of you, but I really don't see as much of the whole. Oh, LeBron sucks. I know what he, if you think he sucks, you're crazy. He is clearly the best player in the league still, even though Curry, Curry was MVP, and there's a great case for that. And, you know, Russell Westbrook's a great player now, and there's other players too, but LeBron, it's still LeBron's league. He's still the best player. He's not quite as scary as he was a few years ago. He's not as efficient. Um, he's a little older now, and he's got a big body. He's logged a lot of NBA games in minutes. And this guy's been playing 82 full seasons 82-game full season since he was 18, where a a few guys were be in college for a couple years they are playing half that schedule, less than half that schedule. So, yeah, he's going to be breaking down shortly. I mean, I think a few more years at this level, what has he been like? The last two years, his numbers have declined. 25 points, you know, seven boards, six assists, seven assists, you know, still amazing numbers. Those are numbers are freakishly not great. Those are video game cartoon numbers. But they weren't as quite as you know in the Miami years when he was closer to 30 points a game. You know uh, the field goal percentage was ridiculously high in Miami, but that's also because it was a different team structure. That's what people really need to look at with this stuff. They got to look at the team. You know, you're going to get a lot more rebounds when you got a bunch of chuckers around you. You got a bunch of George Costanzas around you shooting from the heels. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna catch some more boards. And he didn't have to shoot as much because his team, you know, Wade and all those other guys, shot at a higher field goal percentage. So they didn't need him to do as much of the scoring. So that's just something right there, too. Yeah, no, LeBron's great. He's awesome. The way he's taken over these last two games, that's where the frustration lies with some people. I I was in a a debate earlier today on Facebook with some old friends. And uh, the point was made from one of our buddies, uh, Brian Crawford. This is on Tim Garcia's uh, wall. What up, Timmy? And uh, Crawford said... Yeah, the way he looked the last two games, why wasn't he like that in game one and game two? I agree. I think LeBron tends to take himself out of a game mentally, which is hard to believe because he's got one of the highest basketball IQs of anyone I've ever seen. No denying that. And it's, yeah, it's one of those things where I feel like when the jump shot's not falling because he doesn't have that go-to. Steve Kerr called him out on this last year and it really summed up LeBron to me in a lot of ways where he's a guy that doesn't really have that go-to shot, you know, where things aren't, when things aren't. You know, when things aren't going your way and you have to grind it out, he doesn't really have that one, he doesn't have the Kareem Skyhook, the Hakeem turnaround, the Jordan fadeaway. He doesn't have that one go-to where it's like, I could always go back to this. Because in the playoffs, everybody plays tougher defense. Everybody. Not everybody. I mean, James Harden still couldn't guard his own lunch. But you know what I'm saying. Things get a little tougher. Games get closer. The more pressure's on you. So he doesn't have that one thing that goes to him. So when he hit, when his jump shot's not going, I think that's when he starts to go. Oh, it's not working for me today. Which is fine. Like if you, I, I'm okay with, if a shooter knows. All right, this isn't my night. I'm gonna facilitate. I'm gonna help out another. I'm gonna help my team in other ways. I'm gonna get boards. I'm gonna play hard. Damn, I'm gonna die for loose balls. I'm gonna do all the the little things that's gonna help us win. That's great. But LeBron almost doesn't do that even. You could see this. This isn't knocking LeBron. That's another thing that sucks about right now is if you critique him a little bit, there's all these people who rush to his rescue. LeBron is a superstar. He's on the Mount Rushmore basketball. You don't you coddling him like this is annoying. I don't know who's annoying more annoying. Like Trump, Hillary, Bernie supporters with their over-coddling of their candidate or LeBron supporters. He is the best. You don't need to do this. Because any little criticism I'm giving him is just part of the narrative. This isn't a criticism. This is really just how it is. This is reality. The reality is if you watch, I watch game one, game two, and even a little bit of game three, there are parts of, no, game three is actually a really good game. There are parts of game one and game two where you'll just see, all right, he's not there. He's not, you know, he's on the court, but he's not there. You'll see he's not involved in the offense. And yeah, he'll pick up his rebounds. He'll throw some assists out there. He'll get his points. But what he needs to do is he needs to be the leader. It reminds me of this. When I was in high school, there was this uh, Mr. Grishaber, Coach G. He, uh, we had a business management class at good old St. Pat's in Chicago. And uh, one of the cool things about it was the theories of management. There were three theories, theory X, Y, and Z they were called. Theory X is when you're a hard ass all the time. That's just your style. You're a hard ass. You're no nonsense, discipline. You're not a nice guy. Doesn't mean you're not a good boss, but that's not what you are. And then theory Y, that's the nice guy. I'm your friend. I'm part of the team. Hey, how you doing? Let's, you know, let's go out for drinks after work. That kind of boss. Which, again, doesn't mean you're a bad boss either. There's some great bosses like that. And then there's theory Z. Theory Z is a combination of the two, but in, which people think is the best. But in order for theory Z to work, you have to go theory X first. You know what I mean? You have to be the hard ass. You have to be the tough guy first. Then you could be the best friend. Because think if it was the other way around, I'm sure we've all had that teacher. You ever have a teacher who's like really nice and always goofing around. And you're like, this teacher's great. He's like one of us. But then when the teacher needs to be tough, needs to discipline, you're just like, dude, I can't, I can't take you seriously. You know what I mean? We were throwing tennis balls out the window the other day. We can't, you can't be like the tough guy now. It's just, it's not believable. Um, yeah. So that that's how I feel like LeBron needs to be. He needs to be. Theory Z, but he's got to be the tough guy first when he plays ball. He needs to, like he did in in the last two games of the series, game five and game six, he needs to come out there, set the tone. In the first half of game five, he didn't have a single assist because he was attack, attack, attack. That's how he's got to be. He's got to start out that way. That's the leader. Then he could go back to being the Magic Johnson type player he is where he's looking to pass first, get his teammates involved, rebound, kind of fill out the stat sheet. Not that I'm saying he's a guy that purposely fills out the stat sheet, but there are times. I think the whole league's become that way in a way. The number of times I've caught like a random NBA game where the guy doesn't even chuck it up at a halftime, you know, the halftime buzzer's going on, he doesn't even f- bomb it to see if he can make it in because he. And then you'll have some stat nerds will be like, "Well, you know, the chances of him actually making a 75 foot shot are pretty slim. So why hurt your field goal? You do it just because." Even if you have a 1% chance of hitting that full court shot at the halftime buzzer, you take that because that's three more points. It's better than not shooting it. So I see some gutless players like that, and then that's when I start to be like, oh, this NBA, you know, I try to, I've tried to get in better over the last few years because about seven, eight years ago, I was one of those dudes who just hardcore. I can't stand the NBA. Like I love the sport of basketball itself. I love playing basketball, but I just couldn't stand the NBA. It's a real like ugly little period there. And then it's like, oh, are you romanticizing the Jordan era? Nothing can compete to the, with the Jordan era. And then I'm like, I don't think I am. But then I was like, no, no, I'm totally doing that. I, I, called, I called myself on it. I could admit it. That's what's important nowadays. I feel like people can't admit when they're wrong on things. They ever try to correct someone on something. They'll try to turn it around in every way possible to make themselves right. When Instead of just being like, oh, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. Why didn't I think of that? You understand, as a Bulls fan in the 90s, it was the best. And the 90s really was a better era. Most people would agree with that. Different couple, different rule changes, and it was just a more fun era. There was more of Hall of Famers, more do, dominant centers back then. This the league changed between a point guard and now a wing league where it's dominating on those ends. The, I I got spoiled though with Jordan, and then I got crushed after '98. There was that the uh, you know the the lockout season of '99, and then that just ended everything. the The Bulls were broken up. They had their last dance in '98. The dynasty was over, and then I was given Tim Floyd. Ugh, I mean, talk about this is like, this is like living in Beverly Hills, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, well here's here's a garden apartment in the worst neighborhood in the country. That's what it felt like. It was it was a it was a gut check, you know? It was a gut punch, is what I mean. But damn, I'll tell you though, I, you got to enjoy LeBron. We have to enjoy him. And if you're one of those Jordan fans who's just worried about the let, Jordan is the greatest player of all time. Everyone knows that. It's not a debate anymore. There was a time where I would get annoyed because I knew that a lot of guys who were watching the NBA now didn't watch it the way, as, like, they weren't as attentive to it in the 90s. They weren't as into it. I could see that. I got be like my cousin, Colin. Colin, if you're listening, I love you, buddy. But you were too young to really appreciate it to what he was doing. So now it's your turn. This is your era of basketball, and you want to have the greatest. You want to be able to witness the greatest. I get that. I totally get that. You know? I would love it if Mike Trout ended up being the greatest baseball player of all time and and Kershaw ended up as the greatest pitcher of all time. That would be really cool as a fan to be able to say I witnessed that greatness. And with football, there's tons, you know, you got Brady, I get to watch him and, and um and who knows, maybe Aaron Rodgers might ever take that one day. I don't think so. I think Peyton Manning's a punk. That's that's another podcast though. I do. I think I think Brady's the better quarterback of the two. Anyway, though, I gotta stay. I'll, I'll we'll argue football when football season comes closer. But no, LeBron is amazing. He is amazing. Nothing taken away from him. So you gotta stop as a, both ends, both sides. The LeBron lovers, the LeBron haters. LeBron haters admit greatness and shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. The guy is amazing. You see what he's doing out there. He is, he's been putting this team on his back. Well, Kyrie was amazing too. He's been playing great. You can't take that away from Kyrie. But no, LeBron is the best player in the league right now. And I predicted this. If you guys remember, I, on the podcast, I had Aaron Weaver on two weeks ago, or not even two weeks ago, maybe 10 days ago, right before this series started, and he was telling me Golden State's going to kill him. And I said, I think the Cavs are going to win. Now, the Cavs haven't won yet. So I could still be wrong. But I still had, I still believe the Cavs were going to give them a series, and I believe the Cavs were going to win. And I'm, I'm still hoping I'm right on that. I could totally see, though. Poor Cleveland. Comedian Sean Flanner had a great tweet just 20 minutes ago. I gotta, I gotta retweet that so you guys could see it. He's, he's from Cleveland. He said that would be typical of Cleveland, the biggest game of their life, pushing um, the 73 and 9 Golden State Warriors to game seven and then losing on Father's Day of all days. Going for their first title since the Indians won in what 46 or no 54? I think the Indians won the World Series. That was their first title as a city since then. If they lose on Father's Day. Ooh. Ooh, I don't want it. I don't want to see that happen. I got too many friends from Cleveland who are good people. They they've earned it. Damn it! And I'm hoping for some good karma as a Cubs fan too. Let's let's end all the all the struggles, all the sadness. It's too much. But no, LeBron is amazing. Um, so I'm addressing a few people there. Uh, who were nice enough to chime in, Curtis Shaw, Flagg, my man. He runs the Laugh Factory. He's the manager of the Laugh Factory in uh, Chicago, not the one out here in Hollywood. There's actually several Laugh Factories. So you should look for the one closest to you. He's a great dude. Um. He was basically asking, what would it take for you to change your mind? To so this is to the LeBron haters out there. What would it take for you to change your mind? What does he have to do in order to gain your respect? He put in quotes, which I like. If he becomes the first team to go if he leads the first team to go come back from being down three one. See, he wrote that weird. That's why it sounds funny out of my mouth. And win a championship, he called it Believe Land, which I don't want that to become a nickname. That's really stupid. It was a cute title for a thirty for thirty, but we're not gonna call it Believe Land, okay? Wouldn't that be poetic justice for his entire career? Uh, yeah, I guess, but I w- I'm going to look at it this way, too. The LeBron haters, yes, you have to start giving credit where it's due. And believe me, it's due. But also, LeBron lovers, you're not helping your case by going back in time and trying to right wrongs. You know? like I'll hear a lot of people be like, oh, he's, he's so amazing in the finals. I'm like, yeah, except for his first tour, he was terrible. And then they'll be like, well, you know, he didn't have any support that first year with San Antonio. No, I get that. He was 23 And quite frankly, if the NBA was, like, I've been pushing for this for a while. The NBA, every sport needs to do this. Forget divisions, right? We live in a country that's very connected now. We don't need divisions. I think back in the day they did divisions because they are hoping for, like, geographical rivalries to form and things like that. It was going by region. We don't need that. It'd be better if we had National League, American League in baseball, East-West. I don't even know if we need East-West. I think we would just have a league. For baseball, you need National Americans because the winners of those face each other. But I almost wonder, what if there was no National American? What if it was just baseball and then it was just seeded? Or you could seed it in the playoffs? Because the year Cleveland faced San Antonio in, um, what was that, 07, 2007, yeah, they won the East, but they were probably, what, the sixth best team in all of basketball that year? Because there was five teams in the West better than them. So then you see that, and you're like, oh, well, they were, he runner-up, you know, second-best team in basketball. I mean, not really. And LeBron averaged, what, 17, 18 points a game in that series? I think Gibson outscored him twice on his own team of, in the four games. So, yeah, he was way too young to be there. I'm not, not. That's not a strike against him, but you can't discount it when we're talking about a whole career. Against Dallas, averaged 18 points a game and didn't score in the fourth quarter like two or three games in a row. Got shut down by Sean Marion. I mean, and not to say Sean Marion's not a good defender, but it's one of those things where I don't get his, he speaks for himself, his career, his stats. They're all great. You don't need to apologize for him or make excuses or try to rewrite history to fit your narrative. And the same thing with the LeBron haters. You got to get over the decision. I, the decision was not, it was like the least of the things that bothered me. I think the flopping is what killed me. Flapping is supposed to be for like, 11th, 12th men off the court. It's supposed to be for like Eastern European players who are just trying to keep a job. It's not supposed to be for the greatest player in the league. That always bummed me out. So there's the both sides of that. LeBron lovers, love him. Keep loving him. You've always have. You've been there. This is your moment. You saw him in high school and said, this is my guy. Stop caring what other people think. It's one of the things I love about hockey fans. Most true, true hockey fans, they don't give a damn that it's the fourth most popular sport in America. They don't care. They go, good, that's fine. I could get tickets easier. It's for me. It's my sport. I love it. You know? It's like indie music fans. So well, then they get snobby later, though, indie music fans. But, you know, they find that band first. It's their favorite band. They don't care that other people don't like them or if people do come around. But then, you know, it's annoying about them. They hate them once it gets popular. That'd be like if hockey became the number one sport and all the hockey fans were like, screw it, I don't like it anymore. That's 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 douchey. So, yeah, I think just love them if you love them and don't care what the other people think. And if you hate them, you're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. And, and you're going to look back years later and pretend like you were there enjoying it. I know you will. I know you will. So just enjoy it while you can. I really love it. I try to enjoy it too, but sometimes the LeBron lovers, the ones who love them too much, they get to, to the point where I'm like, yeah, screw you. Said to people who are so into Hillary, and they're like, "Oh, you know, you're going to vote for because you hate Trump." I'm like, "Yeah, well, Trump's a lunatic. I get that, but just shut your damn mouth. Act like you've been there." Which is a phrase I often hate and joke about. You know, there's always it's always old white guys watching a football game at a bar. Act like you've been there when they score a touchdown. Meanwhile, you've never fucking been there. You second string piece of shit. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's been it's I don't even gonna say it's been a great series because every game's been kind of one sided. It hasn't been any thrilling fourth quarter, ooh, what's going to happen here. Although with Golden State, though, because they're just so reliant on the three ball, they could come back so quickly. That is what's kind of fun. So like, I remember one point, like six minutes left, they got within like seven or eight, and I'm like, in a blink of an eye, they could have a lead. They they, they just fire from all, all cylinders like that. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see game seven, though. Uh, if, if Iguodala's hurt and can't play, I, th- I think Cleveland wins by 20. I'm not even kidding you. He is such a big fan. There's a reason Iguodala, I hope I'm saying that right, Iguodala or Iguodala, I always say it wrong, there's a reason he won finals MVP last year. He guarded LeBron. And I know a lot of people are like, LeBron averaged 37 points or 35 points and whatever, you know. Yeah, but he did have like 39% shooting. So it was like about, you know, he shot about 49 50% for the season, so he's 10% less. I know he had to take more shots, but it's all about efficiency. And he held him back in the fourth quarter of those games. LeBron got a lot of his points in the first three quarters, and in the fourth quarter things got tough. I'm not, I'm not taking away from LeBron. I know someone's listening, being like, "There he goes again." He's, he's take. No, LeBron was amazing last year too. He's been great in the finals. He's been, you know, he's he's a great player. But I'm just letting you know what what how the how it goes. I'm, I'm giving you the history of it. But yeah, we do need to enjoy LeBron more. All right, I think I've said my piece on that. Um. Yeah, so, sorry, I got distracted. I'm trying to read something else here. Chris Damon, I don't see anyone else bring up basketball. Uh, Someone asked if having all Cubs in the starting infield is really a good idea for the All-Star game. Mike All, thank you. His name is Mike All, the stand-lifter, that's all. He, uh, yeah, I mean, he also mentions that he's a Cubs fan. So he's going to be homer. I'm a diehard Cubs fan. I think if you're listening, you know that. Do I think having the whole starting infield is a good thing? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's the All-Star game. Things are cool. I mean, the Royals had a bunch of All-Stars last year. I I can't remember how many of them started. But they have the whole infield, and it's pretty cool. Um, ben Zobris is definitely deserving. I know some people are going to say Daniel Murphy, but if you're a Fangraphs guy like myself, uh, Zobris is having a slightly better year. Murphy's having a great year. Don't get me wrong. I definitely see a big second half demise coming out of him, though. He's going to get busted for HGH, or uh, he's going to get caught with child porn like most of the anti-gay people are. They're always, they're always creeps in some other way. Homophobes, the, the lot of them. And um, is Daniel Murphy like one of those guys like Carl Ever. Remember Crazy Carl Everett for the White Sox? Didn't believe dinosaurs existed because they weren't in the Bible. Look, you could be religious, but come on. Don't be a dipstick, right? By the way, dipstick and twerp, two words I've been trying to bring back in with my everyday conversation. This guy's a dipstick. I don't know. It's kind of a fun thing to say. Yeah, do I think it's good? Uh, Addison Russell is a great defender. Offensively, he's really been struggling. There was a minute there where I thought, okay, this guy is on his way. He was hitting like 275. He's spreading the ball all over the place. Kind of reminded me of, of young Ryan Sandberg. A guy who would hit the ball from foul line to foul line. it triple down the right field line. A double to the gap. Yeah, and, and play amazing defense. Russell's defense defensively is an all-star, but I wouldn't give it to him. I think uh, Trevor Story is having a great year for Colorado. Hard press there. But I'm going to keep voting for Edison Russell because I like the idea of an all cov infield. They play well together. Think of it this way, though. I used to be really mad whenever a, a guy undeserving would be in the all-star game. But then the more deserving player just comes in after that person and then gets the more important at-bats later in the game. Look at it that way. Chris Bryant at third base. Between him and Arenado, it's really a tough call. Um, Arenado is slightly ahead of him in war on fan graphs, which is a very important stat. His OPS he's a little ahead of him too. Home runs as well. But Chris Bryant also, you're going to make an argument that Chris Bryant could start in left field. He's been playing a lot of outfield. He's diverse. That's real neck and neck between the two. And who else do we got? Arizona uh, Rizzo and Goldschmidt. It's pretty much of a toss-up. So you got those four starting. Fowler in the outfield. I definitely agree with. Dexter Fowler's been fantastic, and he should start the All-Star game in center field. And then you got Harper and Cespedes. I think that's what I voted for. I wrote in David Ross at catcher. It's kind of like my John Scott vote in, the, like, in the NHL when they just a the guy that's like, okay, he's not really an All-Star, but we love him, so let's get him in the game. It's his last season, that type of deal. He's Grandpa Rossi. What's not to love? All right, uh, yeah, I addressed that, Michael. Thanks for chiming in, bud. Mm, what else there? Mo Welch, hilarious comedian. I got to have Mo on the show. Uh, I tried to get her on. She actually writes for Crash Leets, which is a sports-related like video show, kind of like a Tosh.0, ridiculousness. It's actually ridiculousness. It's from the people who produce ridiculousness. I should know I worked on that show, Ridiculousness, for a little bit. A segment produced for him as a temp thing when they had a couple people out. Good crew of people who work there at the Super trooper jacket is the name of the production company great people sean green who's been on the show is the head writer for that show crash sheets can be hosted by ron grankowski check it out on nickelodeon soon i believe in the first week of july anyhow moe's also a producer of communes you should know la with me awesome comic great person uh she has steph's mouth guard <laughs> is he gonna put that one he threw out a fan back in his mouth does he have a new one every game um i imagine he's gonna use a new one i don't know if he's using a new one every game though I know football players have a new one every game because you or maybe every couple games you change it up. Cause you gotta boil a mouth guard and then immediately bite down it. That way it fits your mouth. Cause everyone's mouth is different, you know? He does see, Steph Curry does that Patrick Kane thing. He actually reminds me of Patrick Kane in the NHL a lot, the Blackhawks star player. In the sense that Kane, you know, he was always playing with his mouth guard. Curry's always playing with his mouth guard, real flashy player. Um, great offense, not really known for D. Although Curry led the league in steals, I feel like that was more of a product of just picking up a lot of bad passes. His one-on-one D is hmm, a little lackluster, if you ask me. But there's never really any point guards in the league who play good D. The guy in Milwaukee plays good D, but he sucks at everything else. Uh, Yeah, so yeah, I'll probably get a new one. By the way, I think that's hilarious. I love it. I love that he finally lost it. There was a couple of bad calls there. Yeah, he, he probably was you know, acting like a little whiner. But still, I'm okay with it. It was a big game. He was frustrated. Same reason I stuck up for Cam Newton when he walked out in the press conference. I don't know. I relate to these dudes. I lose my shit over a lot of little things. So I, I'm on board with it. I definitely think Curry. It's amazing that Curry, in foul trouble and all that stuff, still put up 30 points. He's just one of those dudes that like you, you could be like, oh, Curry hasn't done anything for like the last 10 minutes. And then he comes in in like three minutes, 16 points or something crazy. Maybe not that much. But, uh, yeah, he's got to set the tone early. See, that's the thing with guys who just rely on shootings as much as Curry does, and he's amazing, and I feel like I'm about to take some stuff away from him, but fuck it, I'm going to, is that when they're off, they're off, and it's ugly. You know? He's not one of those guys. Like, LeBron is one of these guys. Um, Who else is? Well, Durant and Westbrook had such a weird mental thing going on where they just didn't know who was supposed to take over the problem you can't ever it's i don't think it's good to have a one and a one a you really need a one and a solid two you need these players who know their roles i hate to use the bulls as an example again but those bulls teams really everyone knew their role there was a big discrepancy between jordan how many points he scored in the playoffs versus how many points Scotty scored i actually was looking this up because i was curious because lebron's averaging 30 points per game right now Oh, eddie vetter's gonna take me up to the ball game for the cubs so 30 points a game is what LeBron's averaging. Uh, Kyrie Irving's averaging 27. It's only three points difference. Three points. I looked it up between Jordan and Pippen. The closest they ever got was 12 points difference. Uh, several times. Actually, in the one series, it was almost 20 points. It was 20 points. Against Phoenix, Jordan averaged 41, and Pippen averaged 21. Twenty-one is still good, don't get me wrong. And then there was another series where Jordan averaged... I think the finals against Utah, he was thirty-three points to fifteen, so that was eighteen difference. But the closest difference was ever was twelve points. So I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying. To, I'm not saying Kyrie Irving's better than Pippen. Pippen's a great defensive player. I think Kyrie Irving's a better offensive player than Scottie Pippen. I will go ahead and say that right now. He's only twenty-three still. So don't go comparing a whole full seventeen seasons of Scottie to three or four seasons of Kyrie. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, that mouth guard. Hey, I don't know. I haven't heard yet, but the fan who got that mouth guard, you better not be complaining. All right. That's a foul ball. Keep that souvenir, put it in your pocket. Sell it on eBay. Get your kids tuition for the next semester. Huh? All right. Uh, moving on to the next topic. Here we go. Chris Damon, my man, Las Vegas hockey, 2017. What's going on with that? Huh? All right. I'll tell you, do I think it's going to work? I do actually. I think this is an interesting thing in the NHL uh, not being known as like a big gambling sport. I mean, people gamble on it. Don't get me wrong. But, oh, fuck, I hurt my knee. Shit. Ow. Um, it's one of those things where I think it's going to work. People are like, oh, there's so many entertainment options and all that. What are you gonna? It's going to be just like anything else. It's going to be an excuse to go to Vegas. There, are Some hockey fan, if you're a fan of you know, the Vancouver Canucks or the Blackhawks or the LA Kings or, or Dallas Stars, you're going to be like, oh, cool. I want to catch a road game. Let's go when they go to Vegas. Yeah, let's go to Vegas. We'll catch a Stars versus Vegas, whatever the hell their team name is going to be, which is a rumor it's going to be the Black Knights because that dude Foley who um, who's financing this and is 100% behind, he's going to be the owner of the team. His whole thing is called like Black Knight, um, what's it called, like Black Knight LLC or whatever his company's called. It's called Black Knight. And I think Black Knights is a really stupid name and I hope they don't name it that. It sounds way really too close to like Black Hawks. So that's kind of dumb. Like when I'm playing NHL 17, for Xbox, EA Sports, it's in the game. I should get a free game for that. Anyone know anyone at EA? Tell them I'm plugging them so I can get something free. I got to start getting some free shit from doing this podcast. I don't get paid anything for it, you know. When I play that game, I'm going to I to scroll to Blackhawks. So I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get Black Knights instead. I'm going to accidentally, and then I'm going to go, oh, damn it. Now I got to go back and then redo it again. Yeah, it's too, too similar. Just be the Knights, the Vegas Knights. That's cool. You don't have to be the Black Knights. You know, if you want to black as your colors, go for it. But yeah, don't do black nights. I'd be very much against that. Uh, yeah, I think that will help. I think that. I think that'll be enough tickets. And apparently, they got almost thirteen thousand people interested in season tickets already, which is which would be amazing. And you're gonna have the losers' lounge type of situation. As a comedian, I know I've performed at casinos. we talk, we, we call our crowd the losers' lounge. Because so much performing at casinos usually sucks. Although I was at Diamond Joe's in Dubuque a week ago, that was kind of fun, and I've done a couple fun ones. But most of the time, it's painful. God, I did that one in Milwaukee. What is it, Potawatomi? Oh, oh, god, that was that was that was a kick to the dick, I'll tell you. Man, you know, because it, it is the losers' lounge. What happens is you got some jerk off who lost a shitload of money playing a game he should not be playing. And he's got that dumb loser expression. And someone at the casino just goes, I look at this putz. Hey, man, you want two free tickets to a comedy show? And the guys like, okay. Thanks for the tickets. And then they show up to a comedy show. They don't want to laugh. They don't want to laugh because they're too busy doing math, which they can't do very well, obviously, which is why they lost at games. The odds are heavily favored against them. They're doing the math on how much money they're going to have to make, picking up an extra shift or whatever shit job they hate just to pay rent. I am painting with a broad brush right now. I'm not saying they're all like that. But you know what the talk the type I'm talking about. You know that guy? Wearing like a trucker hat. Not even one of the cool ones, one that he got like at Summerfest in eighty two. That that jerk. And I'm calling him a jerk because he's a jerk. You know he's a jerk. It's a guy that starts having a conversation with you and you're just like, dude, can't you see I don't want to talk? Like in an elevator. Oh, how about this? And you're just like, no. Alright, maybe I'm just being an asshole. I just it's a bad experience. So now I just I make you make the people in the crowd that aren't laughing at your amazing material or decent material, uh, if they don't like you, you, you just you vilify them. You go, you know what? I don't like you either. Yeah, I'm glad you lost your money. What do you think of that? It will be interesting to see the expansion draft, though. This was, wouldn't this give the NHL an odd number of teams, though? See, I don't like that. I, I think if you're going to add, you got to add two teams. They should relocate one, too. The Phoenix Coyotes, come on. Get out of there. Go back to Quebec where you belong. Yeah, when they do an expansion draft, that'll be crazy because you get to pluck some players from teams, and then obviously the teams get to protect the guys they really like. It's not like they could just come in and say, oh, we'll take Melkin. That's not going to work. Oh, shit, I forgot. This is my first uh, podcast since the Stanley Cup wrapped up. I want to apologize to the really hardcore hockey fans. Um, I made that mistake early on where it's tough with, see, I I need an assistant. Next year I'm going to do it right, where on the big moments in each sport, I'm gonna to have to have it where I know, like, when the NHL season is about to start, I'm gonna get a couple of my NHL expert friends on, like, in a row, so we could preview the games. Then, like, every every few months, you got to have one. The thing is, there's just not enough comedians who know hockey. There's such a small handful. Steve Byrne, I've talked to a few times. Scheduling just didn't work out. Steve says he's gonna to try to be on the podcast sometime in July. So I'm gonna hold Steve to that. We're buddies. I'm sure he's not just you know bullshitting me. And uh, I've had Joe Bartnick. I'm going to, have to get him on again because they're, they're both Penguins guys, though. The one with Bartnick was a lot of fun because that dude is passionate. Nate Craig I got to get back on. I had him on way back when. It's been about – since right when the podcast first started, I had Nate on. It. So I got to get Nate on. Jake Weissman was a great hockey guy. Um, yeah, I felt like I, I didn't – well, I took the hiatus right when the Stanley Cup final was wrapping up. So congrats to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Pittsburgh's a great hockey town uh those sharks fans you know they show up it's a loud stadium which could just be the acoustics the shark tank there uh i just have never been a big fan of some guys on the sharks i don't i don't like joe thornton he's a cheap shot guy sometimes he's a great player but i you know i'm sure if he was on my team i'd like him he's one of those players but yeah i'm not a fan and um i like the city of pittsburgh i got a lot of good friends who are Ste- uh well they're steeler fans too but penguin fans and i had to root for him yeah, I like uh, I like a good fan base there. I like them being rewarded, even though it's not like they've suffered. It's been what since '09. I didn't really care either way, but you know, a lot of really good friends: Steve Byrne, Bill Crawford, Joe Barton. And these dudes are Penguins fans. So I got a oh, big big Ned too. He's a he's a fan. Oh, this is great! I'm watching. I got the Cubs Pirates game in the background. Starlem, I was in Marte. Someone just lost a pop up in the sun again. Polanco. Which I think he did last year against the Cubs, and the Cubs had a walk-up, and it was Matt Caesar betting. Wow, look at that. That's why Caesar's laughing. He's like, i gotta just hit a pop-up to this morning. He can't see it. Wear sunglasses, dummy. Or you know what they don't do enough in baseball? The flip shades. Remember good old flip shades? Eric Davis, Andre Dawson. Who else rocked them? Harold Baines, Tim Raines. Were they flip shade guys? Eric Davis, what a career going wrong because of cocaine. God damn the 80s. No, you gotta have the shades flipped so you see it normally. And then when the ball's in the air and you can't you flip them down. That's the move. Now they got these wraparound sunglasses. I'll look like Robocop wannabes. Alright, yeah, so I, I endorse it. It's something to do in Vegas. Um, I think just because of the now no, tourists that go to Vegas, they'll have enough where they'll have respectable attendance numbers. It is very weird though to have another team playing in a desert like climate, though. Not desert like it is a desert. LA hockey doesn't make sense. Anaheim hockey doesn't make sense. Do you think there was enough transplants where it's just gonna work? The King fans are pretty diehard though. I will give them that. They are very diehard. Alright, I gotta wrap this podcast up pretty soon because I gotta go get my hair cut. Finally. Those of you in the know know I've been wearing a backwards hat on stage. Olacangri Jr., my hero, because it's just I've, I've looked really bad. I've looked really dumb. Some dumb hat stuff going on. Uh yeah, I endorse, I endorse it though. I endorse Hockey in Vegas. It's another thing to see. Vegas is only a four-hour drive from me. I went like four or five times last year. I have yet to go this year. All right. Um, anything else to talk about? Cleveland, Golden State. It's going to be a hell of a game, Game 7. Here's what I'm going to tell you guys right now. I'm not reviewing a 30 for 30 this week because I wanted to review Believe Land. I wanted to get like Ryan Dalton on, perhaps Rhea Butcher back on. I wanted to get a Cleveland sports fan on to talk about. Ryan Dalton in particular, I feel like, because he's, he's older than the other two. Well, no, I think Jason Lodge is older than him. But I, I haven't had Dalton on since the beginning of the year. And and that dude suffered. He has suffered. So. Yeah, I got to I got to get him on, especially if they win. If they lose, I kind of want to get him on, too. But he might be like, I'm not talking sports until fucking kickoff. Like he might just be that jaded because he's not really that big a baseball guy. He likes the tribe and all, but he he doesn't really go to town about it. Um, yeah, I expect, uh, LeBron's been good in game seven. He's been good in elimination games in the past. I expect him if he does what he's done the last two games. And what I mean by that is setting the tone early to attacking the basket, putting his team on his back in that first quarter. He'll be there, but he also needs to look at, he needs to play it out too, where if the game is close, you need to have something in the tank to finish. What did Michael Jordan famously say? It's not how hard you push along the way. It's having something in you to finish. LeBron's great. Enjoy his greatness. It's a -a one-of-a-kind series we're seeing right here. It's definitely, I feel like, his best NBA finals I've seen. Yeah, it is. I I can't think of one better. Maybe he's averaged more points in some finals before. Yeah, he was disappointing in game one and game two of this series. Still great all-around numbers. Can't deny that. The guy's great. Enjoy what you're watching because it'll be real interesting to see. It'll be real interesting to see if he loses, whether or not he stays in Cleveland. If he wins, he might leave. He might feel he his obligation was fulfilled to his hometown. I gave you that ring. Now I want to go play with Wade again. It's so fucking weird. I got to talk about that with someone next week. The him and Wade thing. There's still t- there's still rumors. Him, Wade, Chris Paul, Carmelo Anthony. Maybe I think he's stuck in New York. Where's with these guys? You got to play all the time. Why don't you guys just retire and go f- and join like you know in the independent league? Go do like a Harlem Globetrotters thing. It's so weird. It's creepy in a sense. I don't know why. I'm not saying that in a homophobic way, of course, but it's just, I don't know this need. I need to be with my friends. I want to play with my friends. You're grown men, damn it. Act like it. All right, that's when the podcast. Thanks for listening to Comedians Talking Sports. Uh, review us on iTunes. Tell your friends. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and all that good shit, and as well, joekillgallon.com. Thanks again for listening.